sick of crying and trying. There's no way it will last forever, and it kills me to admit we're not meant to be. You're with me, but concede it, and soon you'll see. 'Cause love knows why you.
She was smile back, big brown eyes caught me looking from a while back. She don't even know that she is pretty as f- man. I would stop time just to give her my love, damn. I don't even know if I can ever stay in focus. Looking at her body, walking past, overdosing. Oh, but I don't work for cheese on. And this amount of money that we can feed on. You're an uptown girl, it's an uptown one. Let me show you what I'm made of. Touch me, love me, hold me close to I'm running away
If you've been thinking about learning how to get into a new career, dealing with podcasting, online radio, streaming radio, all the different names out there, you ought to try out my friends at Anchor. That's www.anchor.fm. They will they give you the best of everything for podcasting, especially people who just starting out. Unlimited free hosting, which means you don't pay for it. One-click distribution. And this one-click distribution gets you to all the major players out there. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, every platform out there. Anchor does all the work. Monetization for podcasts, something new that Anchor has just bought on. If you want your listeners out there listening to you, and they love listening to you, have them make a donation. That's Anchor. And you can record from everywhere. Anchor www.anchor.fm Check it out. You won't forget it. This is G.E. Shaw. Makes our radio. See you later. Are you an independent musician? How would you like to have your songs played on hundreds of radio stations just like the one you're listening to right now? Join MusicSubmit.com and we'll promote your music to radio stations and blogs in your genre. It's free to set up your account, and we guarantee your music will be considered for airplay by radio stations worldwide. Why not sign up today? It's free. MusicSubmit.com, radio promotion for indie musicians. Good evening. This is Jimmy Shaw, Mixar Radio. Tonight, we're going to talk about the thing tonight, the aftermath of Mr. Trump's press conference. We're going to talk about Pelosi, the House Speaker, and Mr. Housing. We have to be the Senate Democrat leader. And some of the comments that Mr. Trump, our president, made. This is G.P. Shaw and Mixar Radio, and this is Ellen Aline Chavez, the epic Be back in a minute. Is it out of the tribe because you know they don't understand? 
Feeling like someone that's lost in the wind I've been there before Please shine brightly with the stars instead Cause you're not alone I just need to know where you are And I will come and run it And that was Lynn Chavez, and this is G.E. Shaw, Makes Our Radio Tonight. And on the show, once again, my good friend, the celeb of Tacoma, Miss <laughs> Ronnie Deshay. Hello, Ron. Hello. So how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing okay. It's been pretty quiet and Thanks. not much going on over here. No, that's good then. We still recovering from the major windstorm that we had. Oh. And it looks like there might be another one coming this way. Really? According to the news and the weather people out there. But you know what? Like I said before though, Washington State is a interesting state weather state because these and I know they try real hard I really do I know they try and it's their job but some of the mistakes they make boy if they've been a normal job or any other type of employment <laughs> they might be fired by now but hey <laughs> you know they they can blame it on the mountains, the easterly, weatherly storms and heat coming out or cold coming off Alaska, Canada. So they got a, a bit of leeway and a little alibis built in. So, hey, we have to go with that. But outside of that, it's Wednesday. And I forgot about what day it was. <laughs> that was kind of sad, really, but it snuck up on me. So today is Wednesday, I assume. 
January the 9th. And we, I was just talking with someone earlier about the aftermath. And it was an aftermath with Mr. Trump and his press conference. Yeah, I heard a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Trump, boy, he's at it again. He needs to leave that, <laughs> he needs to leave that Twitter feed alone, man. Cause, like I said, I'm not no defender of Trump. I could care less. He is our president-elect, so you got to give him some type of respect. But that Twitter feed is going to be his own demise, I swear, man. That, yeah, pretty much. That guy uses Twitter, that guy uses the Twitter more than any other president has done since Twitter came into effect. I have to make that sure I put that out there. Since Twitter has been born. Um, a couple of things I want to talk about. You know, some brief stuff going on, and then we can talk about whatever is on your mind to your heart's content. Okay. Um, like I said, there was some back backlash from the Trump press conference last night. So let's shall we just get into that right now? Yes. I'm just bringing up some of the stuff I, I had on here. Give me a moment, folks. It's a rough time being one of these. Being me. I tell you. Being me is hard sometimes. <laughs> because I'm like the Green Reaper of bad news, I guess. So... What happened last night and what basically was a carryover from last night until today was, I'll just read you the main caption that I've seen that came in over New York Times, Newsmax, which I love very much, and a couple other um, well-known papers out there and organizations but the gist of it is, Trump meeting with Democrats, quote, it was a total waste of time. So basically it was a total waste of his time. And just to give you a little shortened version of what happened and what's being said out there is, Okay, Trump had a meeting after his little press conference Wednesday. I guess he thought since he had that press conference, everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon and just go with the flow. Because I'm the President of the United States. I, whatever I say, goes. So, I'm, I'm just going to walk on into this uh, basic meeting, conference, whichever you want to call it. And we're going to get things done because... This is what I said last night, basically. So he had a meeting with two of the most powerful people outside of him in our country. The House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, mm -hmm. and the Senate Democrat leader, Mr. Chuck Schumer. <laughs> and he told both of them, basically, 
that his meeting with them was just a waste of time. And basically yeah. saying, I don't even know why we even called the meeting because you just wasted my time. Uh, quote, Chuck left a meeting with Chuck and Nancy, a total waste, and said it was a total waste of time. And this is what Trump tweeted afterwards. I asked, what is going to happen in 30 days if I quickly open things up? You know, I, you know, in reference to, I guess, the, you know, the border and all that good old stuff. Are you going to approve border security, which includes a wall or steel barrier? I did not know anything about the steel barrier until just now. I knew about him talking about a war. I knew he talked about a wall, you know, and I assume it was one of these massive, you know, cement, concrete, whatever, walls. But I didn't know anything about no steel barrier. So, and Nancy basically came out and said to his response, no, I'm not going to authorize and go in with this wall. Or this still barrier. So, what does our dearly beloved Trump do? Instead of sitting down and maybe discussing and saying, well, this is what I talked about last night. We got to find some way to compromise, okay? Um, Trump does what Trump does best when he gets mad and don't get his way. He pouts and runs out and tweets about it. And... He stated, and then she said, no, I said bye-bye. Nothing else works then. I said, I'm leaving. <laughs> okay. Then, this is what gets me the most. Uh, after he walked out, Schumer told the reporters that he and Pelosi left the White House meeting. He couldn't get his way, and he just walked out of the meeting. And then he uh, went on to say, he asked Speaker Pelosi, will you agree to my wall? Now, see, here's where I'm having a little bit of a miscommunication of understanding what he's talking about. He first says, border security, are you going to approve, you know, and authorize, you know, more money, you know, and everything for border security? Now, see, me personally, I wouldn't have a problem with that. You can approve border security if that's what you want. If that's going to help, to a certain degree, enforce our borders, I'm all for it. Okay? No problem. Mm -hmm. So, I think what's going on here is this. I think if we would have came at her and the Democrat leader, Schumer, about, you know, authorizing more money and and so on and so on, you know, more hires, more hire um, uh, personnel, for the borders, and they denied that. I would probably go with Trump saying that's kind of uh, wrong. They should do that at least, at the very least. Uh -huh. But I think <laughs> he wanted the border, you know, the border security, you know, more people there approved, and he also wanted the wall, or he wanted his steel barrier. So since he couldn't get his way with the border, a wall, or the steel barrier, whichever the case, we haven't decided what he really want out there, okay? And the border security, because he's 
assume lumped it all into one package. And since he couldn't get away with all that, he comes back and asks her, well, will you agree to my wall at least? <laughs> and she said no. So, I think he should have started off, me personally, with just the border security, you know, more personnel for the uh, borders. And so it was like, you know, like a little kid, you know, I get turned down. Mommy says no. Then I'm like, okay, I'll come back and ask her for the other thing then. I should have asked her for it in the beginning. And she says no. So he goes into a little irate, irate and starts, uh, I call it prophesizing, but just tweeting it off to his heart's content all over the Twitter world. And one of the things he said, which is kind of, I don't understand, which really don't make a hell of a lot of sense to me. And since uh, you understand Trump a lot better than I do. I don't understand the man. You know, just just go with me here, okay? You know, since you tend to try to calm me down a little bit and understand his, I don't know, uh, his character and personality... This is what he went on to do next. Um, oh, no, before I get to that, Vice President, now you know Pence, he ain't going to go against his own boss. I mean, he's a VP. So if something ever happened to him, he got to stay strong. You know what I'm saying? So he says and states, well, the president made it made clear today that he is going to stand firm and that he's going to achieve all his priorities. So that does, when you go back and look at the beginning, when I was saying, I don't know what's really going on. Now, it's very clear that the whole package was, I want the personnel, I want the borders, I want border security, I want to hire, you know, X amount of uh, personnel for that. I want the wall. And if I can, I want the steel barrier. So, he wanted everything. And he didn't get not one of them. Now, you also know that the government is in a partial shutdown, right? Right. Okay. And you also know, or you're aware that, <laughs> that he hasn't paid the electric company bill, the electric bill yet. Yep. And now there's talk he might not even pay the water bill. <laughs> he might not pay the water bill. Uh, so... As we go on down the line here, uh, the shutdown entered its 19th day, which I already knew. And that was one of the things I was kind of concerned about. Because if he shuts down, if the government shuts down completely, that kind of deals with me and you and a lot of other individuals out there in America. Yep, that is very true. And that was one of the things I was concerned about. I'm sorry. I, hey, I'm concerned for my livelihood. Hey. What's that saying? Survivor of the fittest? Hey, you know, uh, you, no, 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 you can't, uh, take away what's, you know, I basically earned. Let's put it that way. Um, but he goes on to say that what Trump demanded, now he didn't, you know, sometimes I wonder, did he ever go t and take some classes in leadership and, Understanding personnel and how to actually talk to individuals. 
I don't think he did. Because, for the most part, I'm not saying that all of them, I'm not saying I knew them all very uh, vividly, you know, intimately or personally, but for the most part, most of our presidents-elect at least had some degree of understanding leadership, understanding their personnel and their staff and their cabinet. To a point where they didn't basically just browbeat them to death. You know, I'm your boss. You're going to do what I say type of thing. Well, but again, this goes back, and I'm not defending Trump, but what I'm saying is this goes back to the whole thing that Trump, unlike I think pretty much everybody else we've had in office for the last few decades, Trump is not a career politician. Trump is basically somebody who was exactly what you just said. He was a boss. He had a lot of people under him. And when he said jump, you better say how high or you get fired. He basically did, I think, probably have a lot of control in his companies, his business. He's used to being the only person whose opinion matters. He hasn't had any reason to really learn how to interact with people, whether they are beneath him or whether he just considers them beneath him. He never had any real reason to learn to interact with people. You know, um, all of our other politicians, they're trained for that from the minute they decide, gee, this is what I want to do with my life. But Trump, you know, he just kind of jumped in the middle of everything with both feet and said, here I am, deal with it. And he's finding, I think, that people are not quite as willing to deal with it as they are when it comes to his personal businesses, where they have to deal with it. These people don't. Yeah, hey, let me add something to that. You write about a lot of things. You know, most of the people who have aspirations are either attorneys, lawyers, you know, attorneys, uh, went to school for politics, and that was their life, governors, mayors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's also something I want to put out there is you, from the time you are young, you learn the respect of environment. And what I mean by that is you, res- you, you, know, you learn how to work with individuals. I mean, even as kids, as you grow up, you learn how to give and take over a period, over a period of time, over a process. You learn environmental politics. I'm not saying these are politics we learn as kids, but what I'm saying is we learn environmental and social etiquette, how to deal, how to work, how to bring stuff together. I just picture Trump as one of those little kids that as he grew up and went through the uh, developmental process and the social process and the etiquette and everything was, it was all about this. I'm Mr. Donald Trump. I don't need to Socialize. I don't need to do these things because I'm Trump. And therefore, whatever I say goes no matter what. I'm just saying that you're right and you're correct on a lot of things you said. But there has to be a degree of humanity and understanding of social etiquette. And it just seemed like to me, he never got that. Well... You and I both know that there needs to be some degree of social etiquette. 
but um, he does not know that, and I don't think he's ever had to learn that. And, uh, take it a step further, understand that we, the public, the mass, the people of this country, both Democrats, Republicans, uh, the ones that run on a different platform, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that the Republicans, for the most part, this is what they got. This is who they got when they elected him our president-elect, our 45th president. This was what they were going to get. So, reluctantly, I'm surprised that some of them are even kind of awestruck about the fact that what's he doing? He's trying to alienate everybody and divide the country, divisively. But you should have known this when you had him as your front runner for your, for your candidacy. So I don't know whether or not they did, but they took a chance because he's Donald Trump, the billionaire. He ran all these mega companies, these uh, Fortune 500s. He knows how to bring a country together and treat it like a corporate America and know how to work with people. See, the problem with that... Is like you just said. Politics and outside corporate politics don't work. Because the difference there is in politics you have checks and balances. You have the House, you have the you know the Senate, the House, you have the judiciary, you know, executive and a legislator. You have all these checks and balances. You just can't go on a whim and do what the hell you want to do. Like in corporate America where you could do what the hell you want to do and you don't care. So you would think to some degree that all his political advisors, which I don't think they're still there no more, <laughs> um, would have at least made an effort to bring a little of that to the table when they knew that he was going to probably be the president of this country. I'm just saying, and getting back to why I started all this conversation was because what he did was he said Trump demanded, he didn't ask, he demanded uh, my $5.7 in border funding. Instead of saying, can we sit down and work this out, he demanded. And when you're going to demand something from uh, your opposing you know, ally, you know, your opposing victim, your, you know, the people that are against you, and you're going to go and demand? Now, come on, man. I mean, even a little kid understands, I can't beat up the big bully and demand something when I don't have all my truth behind me. Okay? And so, of course, the Democrats are going to sit there and you know, tell them, hell no. Excuse me. But I don't think hell's bad bad enough, so I keep that. Hell no. But if you think about it, if you have a child who is an only child and is being raised by parents who are so thrilled to have this child for whatever reason, maybe they didn't think they could have kids, whatever, that little Johnny 
<laughs> That's yeah. a little bit now, of the, the center of their universe. So whatever Johnny wants is what Johnny gets. And if Johnny throws a temper tantrum, the first thing that mommy and daddy are going to do is give Johnny whatever he wants because, you know, he's their precious little child. So, you know, you were saying that even kids know you can't act that way. Well, most kids maybe, but there's a lot of spoiled little snot bubbles out there that think that, gee, all I got to do is pitch a fit and I'll get whatever I want because that's how it works for them. And I think Trump has been largely the same way. You know, again, he's in this world where he was the only person who had anything to say about anything and everybody let him do what he wanted and nobody told him no. And I think he just really thinks that he has more power than he does. And I think he really believed that as president, whatever he said would go. And I think he has been really caught by surprise to find out that people are not willing to just do what he says. I think he's really surprised by all of that. Well, if that's so in the case may be, He's been in office now for almost, well, a little bit over, what, a year and a and eight months or whatever the case may be. Like you, you would think, though, <laughs> with all the resistance and a lot of his cabinet, a lot of his administrators just walking out the door, a mass exit out the door, you would, you know, once you get in there, realize what's going on and try to change things a little bit, make some minor adjustments to your plan, you know, um, it would be just like anything else, um, and the thing I can come up with right now, and I know it's not a great, uh, scenario, but in sports, when things are not going right, you don't keep doing the same things over and over again, you try to make some adjustments on the fly, so you can at least be better equipped to deal with these issues, and it be combated against your enemies. Okay. okay, let me give you another way to look at it. Think about this. You're in charge of a group of people, and you set the rules, let's say, and you make a few rules, and there are people who don't like the rules that you make, so they say, okay, later days, and off they go. Okay, some people would say, gee, maybe my rules were too strict, or gee, maybe I should fine-tune some things. Other people are going to see their picture of what they want their little company to be, their little group to be, and they, they're going to know within themselves that their image of this group is the best way it can be. So if three or four of you don't want to follow my rules and do what I know is the best way, so you decide to leave, hey, wander off. You know, I don't need you because I just want people who are going to see things the way that I see it. And I think that's kind of how he sees it when these people leave. I think he just figures, well, you know, better that they go than stick around and cause me problems. I mean, I don't know this, but that's just what I'm, you know, that's how I see it. Well, at Norma, though, those people usually uh, have a death wish. That usually um, somewhere down the line, things fall apart completely where they can't rebuild them back up. But... You know, it's just my opinion. I mean, it's just like uh, Humpty Dumpty that fell off the wall. You know, you couldn't put Humpty Dumpty, you couldn't put him back together, Humpty Dumpty back together again. You know, because you made the mistake. But it just it kind of just tickles me though. To, uh, I'm like, 
you still haven't figured it out. These people are not your employees. You know, they have their own political agendas too. So, I, you know, it just, you know, and uh, speaking of that, what he does then is he goes on and say that uh, he want to catch it on the most massive tax cuts in history. And what was the other thing I wanted to uh, talk about in references? Oh, this is another thing. He's talking about <laughs> the uh, he told reporters that the president is insensitive to the shutdowns impact on the furlough workers that he furloughed, <laughs> and that many of the federal workers will not be receiving their paychecks. I mean, really, I mean, are you serious? These are the individuals that is under your purview, and you are doing things like this. And, you know, affecting their lives in tragic, I mean, in some places, might be catastrophic measures. You know, ruin, your, ruin their family's credit rating, their, you know, um, you don't know what the turmoil is going to be like on families that have, you know, they're, uh, with children. I mean, seriously, are you even thinking about this? And the impact that you're going to have on these individuals. And you sit there and you act like it's not your fault. There's nothing wrong with your thinking. Now, here's the part. Well, here's the part that kills me. We know about how some of Trump's family members, you know, uh, his uh, siblings, you know, his offspring, how some of them are kind of offstanding with him in certain things, especially his son. Well, his son came out and said that his dad is doing the right thing. Which kind of surprised me because his son wasn't really a big advocate of some of his dad's policies. Yeah, but you know how it is in politics. You know, if you disagree with somebody's policies, you may talk about it with that person or you may talk about it with, you know, other political people. But when it comes to what you say in public, you know, you're supportive, you agree, you can keep your opinions to yourself. You know, especially when you're talking about the president, let alone your father. Speaking of father, I'm glad you brought that up. This is what Trump really looks at himself as the big bad employee or the father image. The president seems to be insensitive to that. He thinks maybe they could just ask their father for more money, but they can't. They who? <laughs> he talked about uh, his, uh, his employees and people that are, you know, on furlough and all that. He thinks maybe they should. And they just ask their father for more money. And I'm like, dude, really? Are you that uh, evil? I don't know. I love my son to death, but I certainly could not afford to pay his bills if he got not his paycheck. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not their father's responsibilities to make their mortgage payments and keep them in their cars.
And here's the other thing that Mr. Trump did. Like I said, he need to leave social media alone. Period. Yeah, he does. He really do. He, I didn't even know he even knew what a Instagram is. But everything he does. Oh, yeah, he does. And this is what he put on Instagram. Says, border wall is like a zoo fence protecting you from the animals. That's what he said. That's his analogy. And Mr. Trump said, getting called out for the Instagram message he posted that compared the proposal of border wall to a zoo fence. And he got upset about that. I'm like, and... This is his son's response. You know why you can enjoy a day at the zoo? The son of President Donald Trump wrote in an Instagram story on Tuesday night. Because the walls work. You're comparing animals to people. A wall in a zoo to a wall dealing with humanitarianism. I don't know. Uh, you tell me. Um, is he right? Is he wrong? If anybody out there listening and loves Mr. Ryan Deshay. I would have to say that he is absolutely right in the sense that I go to the zoo and I feel safe because of the cages. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. But whether or not you can compare that to a border wall, I don't know. I just. I mean, I have a lot of issues with illegals coming in, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm afraid of them the way that I would be afraid if I went to the zoo and found out somebody left all the cages open. And see, that's the thing. Um, there's some issues I have with that, and I told you that. I just don't like the way it's being done, and I told you that. But now, you, to me, you're comparing, and don't get me wrong, I love animals. I love, you know, their habitat, their behavior, and what, you know, the characteristics and everything else. But you're comparing animals to people. <sighs> to me, that's a little bit overkill. And just like, and this is the same thing. Trump, who in the past has compared immigrants to a book. I remember that one. And that one did piss me off. No matter what we think about illegals coming into this country, comparing immigrants to a bowl of Skittles. I didn't hear that one. Oh, yeah. He said that a couple times. And it's uh, brought back up again on Yahoo News. Trump in the past has compared immigrants to a bowl of Skittles in which some of the candies were poisoned and was quickly slammed on social media for that one. Hmm. Yeah. I missed that one. Oh, yeah. He came and, and he got jumped on hard for that one. Because when he, you know, it's because also when you say a bowl of Skittles, you're not, you know, we all know Skittles are don't come in just one flavor and just one color. Right. Multiple colors. And comparing that people to Skittles. He got slammed hard on that one. And 
like I said before, he doesn't learn. So you need to leave social media alone. Uh, the uh, the one other thing I wanted to discuss was the fact what he was also threatening to do. It, now this is all like a little boy's tantrum, but see here's the problem with a little boy tantrum. A little boy tantrum might hurt himself a little, might get his parents upset a little, but it's not going to be a dangerous wildfire. Okay. It's not going to destroy what little divisiveness, no, what little um, unity we have in this country. My bad. I'm saying divisiveness. Like, hey, yeah, let's be divisive. Okay. Uh, is, and I want to bring the article up first. I want to misstate this. I want to make sure I get it right. I got it written down and... Here we are. Trump also blames the reason he did not get his 5.7 billion, at least that amount, from Palooza and and the Democratic leader is because of California. Oh, the wildfires! He blames California and the wildfires for not getting his money for the wall. And, I quote, Trump blames California for wildfires, but many of the worst have been on federal land. Okay? I'm not going to... I know what he's referring to, but I'm not going to read all that. I'm just going to let people out there read what they want to read into that, where he states, but many of the worst have been on federal land. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to relate to that topic the same way I'll probably, I'm relating to it uh, mentally. So I'm just going to leave that alone and keep on going. But Trump blamed the California 2018 devastation of wildfires on forest mismanagement. And threat. now this is the part that kind of pissed me off too. Threatened to withhold FEMA funds from campfire victims. Saying it's more important to build a wall than to take care of the campfire victims. And to people out there that think I'm just making this up, this comes from US Today News. In Wednesday morning's tweet, for people who didn't look at the tweet, I see the tweet, Trump said the fires that killed more than 90 people last year would not have happened had the state forest been properly managed. It wasn't the first time that Mr. President blamed California officials mismanaging forests, which led to the fires that burned hundreds of thousands of acres in 2018 and cost the lives of many. So now, he's saying that Mother Nature, or the act of God, doesn't have anything to do with the dry weather, and the lack of moisture and rain, it's all based on human mismanagement. And that basically, it's their fault that what happened in California and what's still going on in California is going on. And that we should not be sending all that money in to California for that. It should be used more appropriately 
as he put it, for his wall. <laughs> and to me, I'm offensive about that. Uh, a lot of people might not be, but it just goes back to one thing to me. I understand the wall, like I said before. I understand legals, immigrants. That's one of the reasons we, at the 9-11, implemented Homeland Security. The National Security Act. And there's a couple other ones. The Patriot Act. All that was, well, that's for another day, too. Let me leave that one alone. Because I could piss off a lot of people real quick on that one, too. But, I'll just put it this way. That was the reason we did that, to help soil our border and to protect ourselves against terrorist attacks and illegal immigrants coming in and doing uh, massive illegal things, okay? And one, you know, and one of the big things was, too, was the cartel and all that drug smuggling and all that stuff. I understand all that. But you're saying people's lives are not that important. We got things that's going on devastating now, but that's not important. What's more important right now is building the wall. And he's wondering why people are pissed off and upset. I just, you know, I don't know what else to say about that. I just, I will go back and reiterate what I said yesterday. I'm surprised. He has not been impeached, or at least had impeachment proceedings brought against him already. I am surprised. I'm totally shocked. I've seen presidents do uh, least amount and get at least have impeachment proceedings brought toward them. Now, whether or not they were impeached is two different things, but I've seen less damage bring about impeachment proceedings. Um, outside of that, after spending my 40 minutes of ranting again, like I always do, uh, letting people know what's going on, and like I said, and Ronnie said it too, if you want a voice and you want to speak out, these live shows and our podcast, as Ronnie knows, firsthand now, we're going, this is not just in this country, it's global. We're seen and heard by people all across the country and across the world. So if you really want to have a voice, you need to come check us out. The quickest way to do that is just check out our website, which is www.sime.today. You'll find Mixar Radio, Mixar 24-7. You'll find Miss Ronnie and her friends. All on our website, times, all you have to do is click on the magic button and it will take you there. You can even listen to the shows too as well. Or, if you're on Spreaker, it doesn't take that much to come to our platform. Just sign in. If you have a Facebook member, Google member, hey, just sign in with that. Outside of that, it's a pretty easy process if you don't have neither one. Right, Ronnie? Yep, it it's is. Pretty easy process, people. Um, that's what we're about. We love to talk and interact, and we're not worried about controversy. As long 
as it's very understanding and understand people's prerogative that respect their opinion and everything. We don't have a problem. Just keep the language down to a minimum. Well, we I don't know. beep. Well, we don't beep, beep, beep. Well, now nah, you okay? I haven't beeped you. <laughs> um. And with that being said, me and Ryan will be back to talk about some other things. A little maybe less. How would I want to put this? Political. Political. Yeah. Me not going off on people. Me being a little bit more conscious of things I'm saying. We're going to look at the light of things in life. Hopefully. But this is G.E. Shaw. I got Ryan DeShay here. Co-host. And this is Mixar Radio tonight. I'll be back. This is AEO. AEO by S.A. Jr.
you give. If anybody don't remember, Mr. Chris Jasper used to be lead singer of the Isleys. Yes, I'm right. The Isley Brothers. Yes, we got his music in this show, on this show. This is the way we do it, how we do it. This is G.E. Shaw. I have Roddy here, and this is Mix Our Radio Tonight. And like I was telling Ronnie, for people out there who haven't heard about the Wisconsin babysitter who committed a grievous act, it's been updated to show that this act was not negligent. It was not a negligent act. It was not like an accidental act. Uh, some of the stuff that's coming out now states the fact that this was it with intent and premeditation and malice. I know that sounds harsh. But when you dress up a baby after the death of a young infant who's only two months old and you dress him up in winter clothes and put him in a car seat and take him to McDonald's and you know and in the process once there you hand the child over to the mother and no intent on telling the mother what happened and then you leave to go swimming if I don't if you don't know a definition cause see here's the thing first psychopath they have some resemblance of emotion they might not care but a sociopath don't show any remorse. There's nothing. If anything, they get you to believe that they are the victims. This is crazy. And she did it without any emotion. As if the baby was still alive. I don't believe in death penalties, but you know what? I hate to say this. They should throw everything at this lady. She's 28 years old. So she's, I'm assuming, of sound, fit, and mentally stable. Now, when I say that, I don't mean... <sighs> There's people out there who we consider to be mentally, you know, illness and things of that nature. And then there are individuals out there that take that to another level. Those individuals don't need to be here. Or if there's no ruling for the death penalty, need to be locked up away and never see the light of day. That's just my opinion. This is G.E. Shaw. I got Ryan Deshay here. And we're going to leave it to her to lighten up everything. <laughs> I just have a quick question before we lighten things up. 
you know, I've, I've heard several people say when talking about certain people who have been arrested for various types of murder, I don't believe in the death penalty, but I sure think they should fry this guy. So my question is, if someone does not believe in the death penalty, how can there be an exception just because somebody committed a specifically heinous murder? Either you do believe in it or you don't. So I'm assuming you're making reference to me. I am. Well, and I'm also making reference to my friend John, who, you know, I've mentioned before. He is vehemently opposed to the death penalty. But when I asked him, uh, he has two sons. And he said that had anybody ever um, abducted, molested, and murdered one of his sons, he would have wanted to be standing there throwing the switch himself. <laughs> okay. Let me see if I can explain my response. I have been an advocate against the death penalty. I feel like, this is just my opinion, that... We're not God, we're not judge, jury, executioner. But when I make reference to that, and I'm going to try to explain myself, there's heinous crimes out there. And then there are crimes of passion, things that happen in the spur of a moment. Uh, and this is the legal part of me talking, okay? Uh -huh. My legal background, okay? That things happen. And whether... Right or wrong, they happen. And I'm not saying that they don't justly deserve punishment. Uh, there's certain things, like I said, crime of passion, where if things are done with, and what they consider crime of passion, the moment has to be so extreme that it happened within a certain span of time. Now, a lot of legal advocates uh, defer on what consider a certain span of time, okay, but. I'm not talking about in reference to, okay, I'm mad, pissed off, I'm going to come back two days later and uh, premeditate your, you know, your demise, okay? Right. But if something happens, like, within a 15-minute time environment, we are human beings, we do dumb things, we react stupid, things happen. I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying right or wrong. Uh I'll take what you said, your friend, John. Mm -hmm. If somebody did something like that to my daughter in the spur of the moment I'm there or within that parameter, I will try my damnedest to take him out. Simple as that. But that's like that's part of human emotions. I expect me or whoever that individual is to to spend their life making up for that. But when you talk about an individual, a sociopath, let's just let's just go with that one, okay? Okay. Uh, this is an individual that does not seek forgiveness, does not seek remorse, does not care. His whole premise. His whole plan, his whole um, act is based on pure madness, pure destruction. Destruction, excuse me. To the point where even if he, all right, I, 
I'm not trying to murder my celebrity here, but if he took you and did crazy things to you, okay, uh, without with malice and the intent was to do you bodily harm, right? That's a difference because he planned this. He didn't care. He knew what he wanted. He wanted to destroy you. So I would. That it's okay to sentence a sociopath to the death penalty? Yeah. That's my, okay, well, like I said, that's my you're opinion. You're against the death penalty if you're willing to allow it in certain circumstances. That's my only question. I mean, some people say, I'm largely against the death penalty, but in some circumstances, I would think it's okay. Okay. And that's fair because that's you, that's how you feel. I would, if I, all right, I'll go, I will. I will. I will. Advocate against the death penalty, except in this circumstance. I will agree with you in that regard, and I will rephrase it that way. In that regard, that I'm an advocate, but only to the uh, to the extent that you talked about. Okay, because uh, I would say that's more of a premise I would I can live with. Okay, because certain things happen, and to say it that doesn't happen, and you want to just straight out punish somebody without any, without any um, revocation for that or remorse. Because let's face it, we're human beings. We do dumb things, and we do it in the spur of the moment a lot of times. But we are. Also, individuals who are calculative, downright mean and malice, and all we care about is the destruction of others. We're even reincarnated, okay? I don't think there's a place for them. That's just my opinion. And? I'm, I am absolutely in favor of the death penalty because I do believe that you reap what you sow. But on the other hand, I don't believe that just because Joe kills Fred that Joe needs to pry. I think each case needs to be looked at individually. There are oftentimes many reasons why a life is taken, and I don't believe that all of them necessarily deserve the death penalty. You know, I will even go, I will even go further. And this is going to probably get me in some serious hot water. <laughs> but. There was a new show that came out last night. Or it might have been out for a while. Called The Cartel Crew. Hmm, never seen it. Um, basically, it's family of cartel. Kids who grew up in the in that environment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or I can even look at the history behind the Cribs and the Bloods, you know, or the crime mafia, whatever. Okay. Um, individuals of that statue know what they're doing. Now, they're not, I'm not going to say this to the point that they're pure sociopaths, because they're not. Because sociopaths don't have no emotion, no care, no feelings, no nothing. Okay. Uh, most individuals in that foundation, uh, in that environment, and I'm not talking as an expert here, so 
Don't look at me like that. And people out there don't be calling in for my head. But I've known people. I have heard of certain family members. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But my point is, you in an environment that, to a certain degree, was created by you. So you know exactly what the outcome is going to be. You know what you're doing when you do it. It's not like I did not know I was selling drugs and these drugs might kill somebody and that I might have to take somebody's life. You know you know what's going to happen and you know the life. Okay? So certain people in that environment, I would say maybe... Deserves a death penalty too. Now, do I want to reap that same benefits onto the you know the children that grew up in that environment? I would have to say to me that would be a more of a, like you had referred to earlier a case by case type um, judgment call. But I'm just giving you different hypotheses and different uh, scenarios that things like that could happen in. But pure sociopaths, hell yes. I I might burn for that one. You know, when my time is called to a higher power, but as a human being on this planet, part of the fallen, hey, I would not lose no sleep over uh, John Murray or Elvis or whoever the case may be. And I'm, I know I said Elvis, but I don't mean that in a derogatory way. So don't come kill me for that. But anybody <laughs> out there, Mama Sue, Dorothy Ann or whatever, even the Wizard of Oz, whatever the case may be, they don't deserve to be here on this planet at all. Simple as that. That was a seed of evil from the time it might have been born. And I hate to say that about the parents who uh, gave birth to it. Because that sounds like somebody who don't really care about the parents. And I do. But sometimes you can't, I don't know, you can't take care of something that's destined. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That's just my opinion. Uh, certain things are just meant to be, I guess. Uh, but let, let's just move on. <laughs> so, anything you want to say before we close the end of this show? Well, um, a week from tomorrow is the second episode of our new show, Ronnie and Friends. And I have been uh, speaking to a very talented writer. She writes uh, middle grade stuff, and um, she's actually pretty good. So hopefully you guys will tune in next week to hear what she has to say. Um, She's also uh, another writer who lives with a lot of physical disabilities. So she writes in a way to kind of take her out of, you know, her day-to-day and put her someplace where she doesn't have to think about things like that. So she's kind of inspiring in that respect. So I hope you all tune in next week 
to listen to the show. And what's the name of the show again? Ronnie and Friends. And you can find that on the Spreaker Network. I will send you information about that after the show. And this is G.E. Shaw. If you have anything else to say, Ronnie? Nope, that will do me for tonight. Well, this is G.E. Shaw, and this is Ryan DeShay, and this is Mixar Radio tonight. And I will be back with a few closing songs and a few closing statements if I don't get myself into trouble with them. <laughs> so this is G.E. Shaw, and this is Once Upon a Time, Eden Moody. Once upon a time there was a little girl She was her daddy's joy, she was her daddy's world Life was playful, life was innocent, and life was pink Anything she wanted was within her reach Where did I go, oh? Blushing bride She was fun and she was fit She didn't worry a bit Everything was going According to plan She had her future And she had the man Where did I go? Devotion, just like a force of a deep.
Sorry about that, and we went off the air. But one of our systems got accidentally bumped and muted the system. But we're back. And this is G.E. Shaw. And this is S.I.M.E. Mixar Radio Tonight. And I will be back on Friday and Saturday night. From late night. And join us next week. Ryan Shay will be back. With Ryan and Friends on Thursday. You also follow us on Facebook. G.E. Shaw Blog and Podcast Business. Find us on Spreaker. This is the blog podcast for all the information. Until then, this is L'Oreal. All right. Have a good night.